This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This podcast is brought to you by TeamTrade, a digital solution that helps you hire, optimize, and retain employees. Using psychometric assessments to identify more than 100 professional mindset traits, it gives instant reports you can use to build high-performing teams. Get two free profiles today, no commitment, no credit card required, at teamtrait.com. Team, T-R-A-I-T dot Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent improve results and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. One of the topics we really haven't explored on the show, Lee, is branding and rebranding. And man, if you're in the initial startup phase or a rebrand, it can either be great or really painful. So that's really super of, of interest to our to our marketing managers, but really managers of all sorts really need to pay attention to this episode because you know, we all work for brands. And so when there's a change in the brand, the brand language, the brand standards, or, you know, or anything like that, it's like, we need to be on board, we need to make sure that our teams are on board and adhering then to the new standards and the new language that's been set forth. And sometimes that's where things go a little sideways. So we've got some tips on how to handle that today. We've got the perfect guest for this. Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. I'm Audrey Strong, the Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith. I am the CEO and founder of Sales Fuel. Okay, so Darren Horwitz is our special guest today. He is the founder of 1010, a leading brand implementation firm that helps organizations plan, build, and manage brand change. With extensive experience in guiding Fortune 500 and global brands across industries, Darren has a proven track record of delivering measurable results in brand optimization. He's got a keen eye for efficiency. Ooh, I love that. And has been instrumental <laughs> in helping clients build brand implementation plans and management models from basically any starting point, and known for his passion for details, hard work, and forging lasting relationships. And we're glad to have a relationship with him now as well. Darren brings optimism and enthusiasm to every endeavor. Darren, welcome. Thank you for Thank coming you. today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much, Audrey and Lee. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. So Lee, why don't Lee. you start us things off? Well, Go ahead, I, I've, got a, I've got a question torn from the headlines pretty much, okay? Uh, Twitter, all right. Did they really need oh. to rebrand? And if so, you know, how good is the rebrand so far? <laughs> so uh, a great question. So from my perspective, what, where, I'll start with where we typically fo focus, which is the, the, sorry, the logistics of a rebrand. So the business decision has already been made, right? And so from what we do, we usually come in after that fact and start to figure out everywhere the brand lives and how to implement it. That said, you there are some common reasons why one might rebrand, um, and and some of that might be there's a shift in the business, um, there's a relevancy question. I think in this case, um, an ego 
<laughs> you know, that might have gone you with think? this uh, a little bit. Um, and and sometimes what you might see in an organization is a new CEO takes over and they want to put their DNA into the brand a little bit, which I think is completely acceptable um, and understandable. I think in this case, you know, this is, I'm not sure. It's a, it, it's a little difficult. So just real world scenario, we're working with a client now and as part of their bio sheets, they want to include different social handles with the icons. And the question is, is it the X or is it the bird? And as I looked on the website, knowing that it should be the X, but as I looked on the website of Twitter, they still have the bird everywhere. Mm -hmm. So it's going to take some time. I don't think this was thought through. I think, again, personal belief, I'm not in the room with anybody, but it seemed a bit impulsive. Um, and I think there could have been a bit more planning uh, and an explanation as to why it was happening. So I think with everybody and especially employees, when someone goes through a rebrand, the biggest thing that we talk about with employees is give them a why story. Why are we doing this? What's the business rationale? Um, what is what is the reason that we need to rebrand and what what do we expect of you to do during this rebrand throughout? So you want to make sure they have the right tools, the right understanding. So with Twitter, I'm I, not sure it was needed. Does, does a rebrand always signal that there's damage done to the original brand? Or yeah, is there something more to that? No, I don't think it's about damage. I think it can be damaged for sure. So mm. I think if you were to take something like... Um, uh, now, of course, my clients are escaping me. Uh, 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 no pizza. Well, Johnson Bud Light's a great example. Oh, okay. No, it was the it was a uh, pizza out of Louisville, and of course, it's great. Anyway, Papa John. Thank oh. you, thank you so much. So they clearly had an issue where they needed to do something rather quickly. I think that happens. You do have crisis management and and challenges like that, and they were very good about moving quickly as an organization. But I think there can be positive change or or positive reasons for going through change. And it may be as simple as our, we've evolved or we we have a new message that we want to get out there and our branding just won't support that new message. Or we want to signal that we're a different organization. In the case of the Army, the biggest thing that they were going for was they wanted to uh, reach recruits in a different way and show that they were a different Army. And that was the impetus behind the change. And to do that, they looked at their branding to say, hey, does this stand up to what we're trying to do? And there was an opportunity to really make it a bit more um, digital focused, a bit more forward thinking and really try and resonate with their target market to do that. And I think those are positive reasons. It's not always crisis management. Mm -hmm. I am I come out of the uh, public relations side of the equation and television news and all that good kind of stuff. And going back to Twitter or X, formerly known as Twitter, um, messaging across your entire organization, your salespeople from the C-suite, everybody getting everybody to talk about the rebrand. We're all talking about it the same way. I haven't seen any messaging related to X. I no. don't even know why it's called X. I mean, no. I just haven't heard a thing. I don't understand it. And is that I, a common mistake? It, it's a watch out for sure. I think there there is, if you... Your employees are your greatest brand champions and yes. they're on the front lines, whether they're truly on the front line or not. They are the ones that are going to speak on your behalf first. So really, when we think about rebrands, there's two basic things. There's the stuff, which is pretty easy to think about. You know, I've got a website, I've got um, a, a business card, I've got other things that I need to change. That's the part you can visualize. But what's mm -hmm. often forgotten is the people that you need to bring them through a journey. And there's a great framework that I love 
um, which is no believe, live, advocate. And the idea is that, and, and forgive me if you've, you've heard this, but it's, I know what we're doing. I know what's happening. I know that we are doing this for these reasons. I know, believe, believe. I believe it's the right thing for our business to do. Live. I understand my role in this. I understand what I'm supposed to be doing and how to convey these message, messages. Advocate. I can now teach others to bring them along. So if you think about the messaging of a rebrand in any way, shape, or form, it should be cascaded through an organization. Now, obviously, there's different messages for C-suite versus um, a delivery person. But the idea is still that, to your point, we should all understand why. We should understand what we should be saying and that we all want to be saying similar things in the similar way. I, I agree with that. I, I don't know that I've seen anything from that. I'll tell you a really good, um, speaking of messaging and not understanding, there was, uh, do you remember when the, uh, the Gap put out a new logo? Like probably oh, a decade horrible. and a half ago. It, right? Horrible. So, it was so like a blue I, box with, with, <laughs> with some letters next to it. It was horrible. So so the the story that I tell with that, or the, the, the lesson that I tell from that when helping others go through a rebrand And I hope is, that wasn't your work, by the way. No, I had nothing to do with it, <laughs> wasn't involved in it. But, but here's what I do believe what was critically missing from this. They threw something out online without any explanation or rationale as to what was happening. They didn't prep anybody for change. And so they got out there and it was an absolute mess. They they had people responding immediately so bad that they took it back down and said, forget it, we're not doing this. There's there's studies that show how many tens of millions of dollars probably went in to just get that started. So the lesson that I take from that is you need to start socializing change before you ever get to the change. And it starts again with a strategy. So I, um, I, I had a mentor who taught me this. It's you think about this as a sentence. And the initial letter of the sentence should be why we're doing something. The punctuation of the sentence is the reveal of the logo and the brand. And the idea is that by the time you get to the brand reveal, you've already trained people, you've already explained to people, you've already given them the messaging of what's happening so that they can go along this journey with you. And they're not freaking out to change because it's just changed. They're prepared and it's anticipated. And if you do it right, you can tease out elements of your brand so that by the time a logo is revealed, they're expecting it and they recognize it because they're accused that have been given along the way, whether it's through messaging or voice or tone or color palette or font, it's they, they get it. And you should take that time to prepare people. So again, you've got this, you, you need to change the stuff and that takes time, but you definitely want to take advantage of that time by starting to integrate that change with your, your employee base and your customer base. So um, I think in the gap, that's, that's the story I take from it anyway, not enough socialization. Yeah. So as, as a manager, now you, you've got your staff and, and let's say now after the brand has been rolled out to the public and everything like that, but yeah, you'll typically have like a brand standards guide or something like that. And, you know, but you know, what are some of the challenges that managers face, you know, whether it be on the sales side or, you know, on the, on the factory floor or anything like that about using the new, you know, the brand nomenclature and color scheme and everything like that. Uh, what are some of the things that they have to watch out for uh, to to be able to make this thing really work? Yeah, I, I think that's a great question. And the most common thing that I see is what we call a lack of rebrand empathy. And it's being very 
marketing centric when you go through a rebrand so that marketing teams think they know how the brand is being used and they have expectations and they set the standards. But what's missing is actually asking the person on the factory floor who uses the brand or asking somebody who goes to trade shows or sales what their needs are. So I can think that I know how my brand is used and therefore I know what guidelines and templates and assets and messaging that's needed. And I can push that out there. But the reality is I may not have it right. And the way we can get in front of this is by bringing people to the table. And, mm -hmm. and so this is what we teach organizations when we plan for a rebrand. You have to get out of the marketing mindset. You have to go out to the organization. You have to get representation across the board. And you have to ask them what their needs are to ensure that you're going to teach them in a way that they get. I think people want to do the right thing. I just don't think they often know what the right thing is or have the right tools to get it done. And we see that quite often, but that's but what we it, try and get in front of. But you've got people though that, you know, habits are habits. So it's like, you're used to calling it Twitter, not calling it X and you're used to calling it, you know, you know, whatever. Sure. Right. So it's like, how do you get them, you know, out of that habit and get them into new habits, you know, to make, be able to really make the transition then to the new brand. Sure. And I think it takes, I think it takes a lot of help within an organization. So the watch out is that oftentimes organizations launch, they flip the switch and they think they're done. And that's really just the beginning of a rebrand. I think what you're raising is the point about how do we engage people to continue driving home this change, the value of it, reminding them and checking in to see how it's going. And I think that happens through engagement, whether it's a brand ambassador program on the inside, you've, you've got peers who are cheerleaders and they understand everything they're taught to cascade this, or you're creating um, fun interactive activities uh, where, where you're engaging with people at different levels. I think there's all different activities that can happen, but the, 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 the answer is to keep engaging people, to keep giving them messages, to keep asking mm -hmm. them, where do you need help? Where, what more can we do for you? And just not just distance yourself and say, great, I've launched it. Guidelines, you're good to go. That's, that's, I think that's a mistake. So if you're that, a manager, oh, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, well, the question I have is if I'm a manager and I'm trying to get people to be consistent and not say, oh, I never got the the brand standards. Mm. What are you talking about? No, send you the PDF for the hundredth time. Please read it. Um, but what are the KPIs to know that the branding or the rebranding has been successful? So obviously we know the Bud Light disaster is a colossal case study for for the next 500 years of marketing. Um, but what are what are you, what are you managers? What what tells me that it's working either internally or externally, that the branding sure. is taking hold? What do you look for or what are your KPIs. Sure. So remembering that we focus very much on the tactical side of a rebrand and all of the logistics for us, when we're teaching people about sustainable brand management practices, we're often looking at um, review processes or we're looking oh. at uh, brand, right? So it's, you can, you mm -hmm. can do um, quarterly, you can look across the board at different materials and see how they're performing against brand standard. It's pretty easy to see some of those things, but the question is, how do you get people to submit the work they're doing? And so that's where we start to think about a rewards and recognition process, where we start to think about just engaging people in a different way. Um, we, we, One of the things we looked at was teaching people the brand without using the B word. How do we do that? And so some of the ideas were, well, what if we just taught them about things in life that they might enjoy, like um, bring in 
you know, really sophisticated uh, um, interior decorators to talk about color palettes and how they work in your home. Um, and then equate that back to our brand colors and why we created them and how they're important. Or if we think about infographics, what if we got the uh, the person from Ikea who creates all the user manuals and talk about the importance of simplifying our messages through iconography and infographics. And, mm -hmm. and you could teach people something more interesting. Um, the KPIs, I think beyond that are, you know, there are what there are brand portals where you can track things. There are ways to look at reviews and approvals. There are ways to engage people again and ask them what they know and how they're doing. It's I, I think you can have a lot of fun with it. But again, logistically speaking, it's pretty black and white of is it on yeah. brand or is it off brand, right? And that's that's where we are. But then there's the essence of should I even be doing this, the mentality. And I think that's where the communication education keep going. Mm -hmm. How long does it normally take? You know, for a new brand to take hold, both internally, externally with customers, even in, in the press. But about how long should someone expect from the time that we're going to announce this brand to the time we actually feel like it's adopted and we've we've turned the corner and now people know us as this instead of that? So I think it's uh, a great question. And I think I would separate it by, are we creating a new name or just a new look and feel? Because those are two very different scenarios. Mm -hmm. I think the new name, you probably want to start earlier on before you even launch your brand and preparing people. If you're a healthcare organization uh, and, and a hospital system, you want to start the name change conversation way early because people are getting, going to get their bills with your new name. You want to make sure they open it. That's the easiest thing to consider. So I would say probably six months in advance of going anywhere, you're starting to talk about this, um, getting people used to the idea that a change is coming, whether you've told them the name or not, just getting them used to change. We typically look for about 12 to 18 months for things to be migrated over, depending on the organization, for you to really think through that you've hit everything maybe 90% of the way through that this has taken hold internally and externally. You're still, again, continuing the dialogue. You're not just going and saying, great, in a year we're done. Um, but I would say somewhere around that 18, if you think about the prep and the launch, 18 to 24 months is my is what I would tell a client. And the one launch question. Oh, go ahead, Lee. I got, I got one last question I want to ask is like, you know, what uh, process do you put in place then for the other 10% of you stumble across something, oh, crap, there's the old logo. Or it's like, oh, wow, <laughs> that, that's an old font. That looks terrible. It's like, so how do you... How do you go about the auditing process to make sure you get as many of those things out of the way as you can? So we, our process is to catalog what exists in the upfront. And again, this solves for wow, many things. Massive you know though, what, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's extensive, um, but it's really critical. And we do it for a couple of reasons and we recommend anybody does this. It is does two things. One is you start to figure out what's out there and get a sense of what, what is out there, but you're also closing a gap between, great, I've got my basic guidelines, I've got my logo and my font, but where's the gap of I need more stuff and how do we prepare for that? And that's how we, we start to inform clients of A, what more is needed and B, how long we think it's going to take before you can actually start to convert things. That said, um, you know, what I often tell clients, uh, it, 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 don't lose sleep over that 10%. It, it, it's out there, man. It is out there. Mm -hmm. And you may not even know it exists because especially if you've been in, in, around for a long time, it's going to take some time. That said, with American Airlines, we started to think through 
what if we did something around a decluttering exercise where everybody knew they were going through a rebrand? They didn't know what it was going to be, but they knew something was, why don't we start by just engaging people? And as part of this declutter, declutter your office space, throw things out, think about what you want to keep, think about what you're going to need later. And, and it became an engagement exercise where they could start looking at what they have and trying to get rid of some old things. Uh, it worked out pretty well, but yeah, there's always going to be something left over. 10%, I wouldn't, I don't know that I personally would sweat it. I, I think that'll happen over time. I, I think the strategy is there to get to the other 90. Especially with the Wayback Machine. <laughs> that thing well, needs American, to go away. <laughs> man, with American, it was way back. It was way oh back. Goodness, but it was cool. Lawyers. It was actually really cool because some of it's yeah. memorabilia, right? Well, that's and true. It's like, Good research. Yeah. Now it's retro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we're almost out of time. Your 1010group.com is your website. And how do you want people to reach out to you if they like to talk to you? So, yeah. so LinkedIn is always there, uh, oh, with, yeah. but, but I would say 1010group.com slash manage smarter is a great way to come through to our website and get to us and be able to contact us directly. Um, those are, those are two great ways to do it. Um, and to reach us. Well, sounds 10, good. 10 spelled out T E N T E N. Sorry. Yes. 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 Yeah. Exactly. Not great numeral. question. I've seen it. That's I've branding seen it. right and there. It's, That's it, branding. It, it, you know, <laughs> yes. Sometimes not taking my own advice, um, but it is T E N T E N group all spelled out dot com slash manage smarter. And hopefully the manage smarter title of the show, we were true to our brand, which was educating managers. So I don't I, know. We'll see. I, <laughs> we can I, I, feedback. I, I appreciate you having me here. It's been a Thanks, blast and, and I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you both. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>